guys. Welcome to episode 57 of CMB Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore Profite, and my fellow host in college at 2 a.m. was known as a scavenging ooze, Big Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? That's, that's really, that's, that's top, that's, that's top. That's tops right there, Mr. Combo. Well, well done. I, uh, I can't, I can't top that. I was gonna, I had something working. Uh, I, I was working on some bits for uh, some upcoming things, and that just, that just really put them to shame. So, I guess, uh, hello, uh, Pipers and Piperettes. A card missing from this deck. That's fine. That's it's fine. Right. I can't do. I can't beat that. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing good. I have a delicious double IPA here from our good friends at Toppling Goliath Brewery out of Decorah, Iowa. It's in the I hate water. You. It's really good though. Um, this one's interesting. It's called King Sue, and it's brewed at the Field Museum up in Chicago, where I don't know if I made mention of. I used to live and play a lot of Magic the Gathering there. Hey. I but I'm good. I know we. Uh, I know you and I are both settling up for our weekends abroad yeah. out in nature. So how are you? I know. Uh, I don't need to hear the cookbook story again. But uh, <laughs> how are you feeling? Are you, are you Are you looking forward to it? Looking forward to getting away for a little bit? How, yeah, how no, you I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the Godfather is actually going to take the trip with us. Wow! Uh, really? So, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he's getting all packed up tonight. Uh, we're hitting the road at 7 a.m. tomorrow, so that'll Whoa. be exciting. Uh, and because he's coming, and because our friend Denny is coming as well, you better believe I am bringing Magic the Gathering with me. Oh, when we nice. are get to play some cards at Here 1 a.m. we go. So. Classic. I'm hearing some static uh, coming through, but I'm not. I'm not ready. I I can't. I can't make it off quite ready. yet. I can't make it off uh, quite but yet. No, other than that, I'm good. You know, uh, took off of work. I tried to do a half day today, which yep. turned into me working a full day. Yep. Go figure. That's how that works. Uh, but I have shut off my laptop, nice. turned off my phone, and got my out of office up. So it's just like, leave me the hell alone. I am not working. Disconnect. And I will say, I was. I very much enjoyed seeing you earlier this week. Um, was that yesterday? Yeah, that was yesterday. Wow. Uh, sorry again about the Sliver Overlord fiasco. <laughs> Thought I had it. Yeah, I look, look it. at this. So in the Sliver episode, Big Tug's like, oh, I got these cards. <laughs> and it's like, cool. You know, he was going to buy that sweet CMD Tower swag from me, the uh, Mr. Uh, Big Tuck Monarch token, the Mr. Common Number 5 Reminder token, and the Squeamy Geek coin. But then also I was going to give him a Brago and a Unsettled Mariner. Yep. And I was like, yeah, just give me your Slivers and like six bucks and we'll like call it even. That'll cover the costs and everything. And <laughs> And he shows up with his binder, and I'm like, I told you not to bring your binder. And he's like, yeah, but I don't have any of the cards. Yeah, it's like, like, good news Good news is I finished sorting everything. Bad news is I traded those to non-listener but friend of the show, uh, Parsons. And uh, I will say this, though. I have gotten the, I've gotten the swag, and I've had it for the last couple days. This is the real deal, people. Um... This they are they are really incredible. Um, the artwork looks amazing on it. Marketing Ross, big shout out to you, man. It looks it looks really good. Um, they're all really durable. The only thing I will warn you on is do, do not do what I've been doing and habitually sh <laughs> habitually shuffle these because it will chip the fronts of them. As you can see right there. <laughs> so, Jeez. Uh, but that being said, that just shows the durability of it, right? You know it's quality when it's heavy. So, uh, no, it's it's good, man. I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm tentatively excited about today, but, you know, um, it's weird that we're talking about a tribe, which we may know someone who's a member of uh, IRL, which is always interesting to hear about. 
And this tribe, it's even more unique because it's not a full tribal deck. Yes, exactly. Which, so we'll, we'll which get into I know that. you gave me lots of crap for when I built it. So. Did you think I'm a cult if it's not a full tribe? Who is this? <laughs> Identify yourself, caller. This oh, is a hello. closed channel. Who oh, is this? This is, this is Squee McGee. I, uh, I, oh, I got Squee. this phone number on the back of a, a urinal in a weird bar a couple days ago. Oh, it's a Squee. Whew. Thought we were getting half He's there. always here with that Mandalith commentary <laughs> that no one asked for. <laughs> Hey, I haven't done any Mandalith commentary in a while. Other See, that's than all that commentary that you all bring up for me. Every word that's in your that... mouth is Mandalith commentary. <laughs> that is how that bit Communist. is supposed to work. Textbook, textbook bit work there, guys. So we got well done. We got the formula down. We're doing great. <laughs> well, how are you doing, Squee? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's been a nice little week here. Worked a couple mm-hmm. days. Uh, edited some podcasts. Uh, sat outside. It was it was pretty nice. Sorted some cards. Bought a couple more packs of. Uh, Double Masters, unfortunately. Double those... Masters is Squeeze Modern Horizons yes, for me. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, Double Masters is Squeeze Crack right now, and it's going, it's a very up and down roller coaster. <laughs> just like, just, just like Crack. Store, sometimes you get, uh, you know, a force of will. Sometimes <laughs> From... you get a collective two and a half dollars worth of cards out of 30. Who knows? Now, I don't want to say it was a quote-unquote personal experience, but... I have heard from some people who have used this substance, who certainly aren't me, that crack itself is a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> so it seems like we're it seems like we're meshing that all together well as well. Well, I cannot confirm or deny that. Uh, with that, I will tell you I have no recollection of the event in question, and get the hell out of here. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to know more ways to support Squeeze. Uh, Double Masters Addiction, uh, and all the content we put out, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They do sell all the accessories you need for your tabletop board game experience, your card game experience. Also, from a Magic the Gathering perspective, they do sell singles and seals on their TCG player store. Check them out. They're amazing. Uh, They help get us the giveaways to give you guys. If you would like to help us directly financially help pay to keep the CMD Tower brick and stone and mortar together uh you should head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we have four different pledge levels and the rewards vary from getting access to the awesome discord that is once again i say it each week it is lively i love it that you guys are all in on this uh i definitely try to chime in but it's like i'll go in i'll say one thing and i'll go away from my phone and i'll come back and it'll be like there's 50 plus messages and it's like oh my god how do i keep track of things (laughs) yeah it's a Uh, lot so it's amazing. And then, of course, our top tiers where you get all the CMD Tower swag, plus just supporting the team. Um, if you guys can't help us out from a monthly perspective, you could just, uh, you know, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. You can still get that sweet collective swag. Uh, we do have special bundles on there where it's a little bit cheaper than just buying all the stuff together. Uh, check it out. It would help me free up space in my basement because it is just filled with CMD Tower stuff. If I died today and they came to my house, they would think I'm a hoarder of this uh, channel. But if you guys cannot hoarder, if you couldn't help us out financially, though, just share the content you're watching and listening to. Every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, Pink Royal props up Uh, and stay tuned till the end. So you guys can get details on how you could win that Zendikar Rising bundle or us legacy players would call fat pack 
So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered our path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state, that's grains. Yes, and grounds are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. Uh, this helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beard's patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like this double IPA. Uh, it's got citra hops in it, which gives it kind of a fruitier taste. Uh, one of my favorites. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then one of my favorite sections, how does your deck actually close out, accomplish its goal, or win the game? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain, are extremely finical, and kiboshed another brew I just made not too long ago. They add the alcohol content carbonation. Without yeast, if you drink flat sugar water, without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then, you know, sometimes you have these cards that just don't actually fit anywhere in there. It could be a pet card, it could be an oddball synergy, or like my Loro deck, the fourth sub-theme of the deck. Uh, we call that the spice package. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, um, or the addition of backwater that turns a red ale into something you throw out in your backyard. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to seal off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big tucks and eyes, cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget personal recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands, which this deck already has the only mana only land you'd ever want to talk oh, about. Ugly. So without further ado, let's get brewing to continue September. We're talking tribal month, and this deck puts big tuck on tilt more than any of my other decks because I call it tribal, even though over 50% is tribal, but the other 40-something percent isn't. We're talking about Morwen's <laughs> Conclave and their pets. So this is my take on Mono Green Elf Tribal. Elf Tribal. <laughs> elf, 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 over, elf. over half the creatures in the deck are elves. Uh, and then if you add in all the other things that make elves, it's like 60-ish percent of the deck is elves. The reason I went this route um, with Morwen, and then I'll have Big Talk kind of read off the card, is... Elf tribal to me is boring as hell. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it as it is. Uh, even Squee, who had an elf tribal deck in his first edition of Reese, it's now not even really elf tribal anymore, is it? Yeah, I gotta be honest. Other than Reese, there's not much going on in there that's elf. Other than he poops out a bunch of elves. Yeah, um, it's just, Elf Tribal is just super boring. I know that Duffman likes to run it with his Azuri Renegade leader, um, but it's just not for me. But when I saw Marwyn, I was like, okay, this mm -hmm. gives me an entry into Elves when Elves do well, but then I can maybe do the other things that Green does well. So Big Tuck, yeah. what does Marwyn do? And I don't know if you guys noticed, I came right from work after picking up my car, so I'm wearing my work glasses, uh, which means I can actually read this stuff. So Marwyn, the Nurturer, is two colorless and a green for one one legendary creature elf druid it's a rare from dominaria whenever yep. another elf enters the battlefield in your control put a 1-1 one -one counter on marwin the nurturer uh tap add an amount of green mana equal to marwin's power uh midwife to mothers and leader to all so uh we gotta put this we gotta put this issue in the sand here now because we have talked about this off mic many times 
is the baby in the picture is she stealing that baby out of spite out of protection or is it one of her own children what we got to go with it because we've argued about this left right center so so the funny story is she runs an orphanage and she likes to steal children for mm. her orphanage but then tells the children that their families didn't love them so that's the oh, funny she steals story. children and takes them to the orphanage yes. <laughs> oh my god uh but the real life thing is that since she is a midwife, most likely this is a baby that she has just received birth from and the, maybe the mom's recovering. Right. Right. And so right. now she's nurturing it, protecting it until the mother can take it back. Clearly in the middle of a forest, obviously. Is right. Yes. Where it's very safe. Elves are. That being said, I think regardless Canon for the CMB Tower group. She is stealing these babies and putting them in an orphanage. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, I do actually like Marwan quite a bit. Um, I think she kind of extends out. Um, I think Elf. So uh, it's an Elf deck, and I checked. There's only 21 Elves in it, which is out of how, how many, many creatures? creatures? Uh, let's 39. See 39. So okay, fine. Um, still, you didn't go all in on it, but I think it's, I, I agree with you too, because elves, in my opinion, play almost identical to slivers, right? Like all the elves stack up on other elves. You're playing elf cards that pump the other elves in one way or another and give them these different evasion abilities. And then you get bored white and you just like have to start over. Very similar so, scope to slivers, just less abilities to give out. Uh, so, okay. So I'll disagree with you there. I don't think they're like slivers. Elves are like goblins. That's a better. Because, that is a better analogy. I'll be, I'll because goblins, it, they don't have all the billion keywords out there. Right, they right, aren't right. across all five colors. Um, and I believe aren't goblins in some circles of mysticalness a darker version of elves? They are. They are usually at war with each other. Yeah. Well, yes. I know they're usually at war with each other, but they have very similar features. Just the the goblins are usually a lot more demonic and kind of disgusting looking. So are they kind of like rejected wow. elves or are so, they like their own species? So you're so you're coming out as as con goblin in this day and age. We're, this podcast is going to get shut down. You can't make stuff like oh that. Up. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> so I, I, agree, I, picked- I agree with that analogy 100 percent. Okay, so yeah, so I, I picked Marwyn because she does tap for a whole lot of mana. She's yes. fairly cheap to get down. And so I was like, well, maybe I could do this to the point where I can now use elves because they usually generate mana. But now this one elf could be really right. big and like I could smack face potentially mm-hmm. or tap her for like nine, which I do on the regular right. and cast one of these big disgusting creatures. So I, that's kind of the angle I've gone with it. Do I like playing the deck? No. Do I play it often? I, no. I was going to say. <laughs> um, so, and I, I do like that because like a lot of the other elf decks, you need to like plop down the elves super quick, right? But in this one, you can kind of hold them back and like mm-hmm. play one, turn one, and then turn two, get her out, and then start casting those low CMC elves to make her bigger. And then on that same turn, be able to, to pop out something, you know, on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think this, this deck reminds me in terms of how often you play it and your reaction when you play it very similar to my mono green deck where it really comes out of rotation it always kind of feels like a chore it's kind of sure. like one of those things where it's like ah, i'm drunk or like i'm sick of playing other decks where i have to think i'm just going to play this one it's a little bit more meat and potatoes um and i think that there's not much i think there's things that we can do to make it change a little bit one thing i will say that is very very interesting in an elf deck is the cmc three seven four wow yeah. <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> 
But, you know, the interesting thing, though, is if you look at the mana curve, most right. of the cards in the deck are uh, three CMC. It's just because I do have the gamut between four to ten. Right, right, right. And it's not like there's a lot of cards, you know, they're, it's just those cards outweigh the one and two CMC mm -hmm. ones. So it just kind of slings it over. But yeah, it, it is very interesting. Uh, this deck is quite pricey CMC wise to cast. And I will. So if, again, if we compare, if we compare this to the Silvala deck that we talked about, that CMC is three, six, seven. So it's interesting oh. that we're both playing these weird mono green decks that like come out screaming, but have this way crazy mana curve. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, also, something that I thought was interesting is I have snow-covered forests in here, <laughs> yes. yet I don't have an extra planar lens in here. <laughs> Correct. I think I think when you built it, there's a card we might be talking about that you thought you could kind of snag it else <laughs> into there. Um, and I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if that was your thought process behind this. However, I will say that your color pie distribution is 100% on point. So way to go. <laughs> Yep, and uh, money because you know we got to get back to start talking about the the budgets of the sure. deck. Uh -huh. I was very shocked when I saw that this deck's coming in right around a grand on TCG Player. <laughs> what are you, you're shocked? You have a guy's cradle of. here. That's half the budget or third. I mean, guy's cradle is coming in at three fifty. Right. That's I just, way I'm surprised low for guy's cradle right now. By the way, well, that's TCG Player average right now. I mean, I guess if you go off Card Kingdom prices, this deck's like seventeen hundred dollars almost. Right. Um, <laughs> but I was very surprised by that just because like outside of guy's cradle like there's only a couple cards that are fairly expensive mm -hmm. I think this just kind of shows that sometimes when you have these six or seven power decks with good cards it's just a lot of two three four five dollar type cards and then if you have a foil right. then it's like a fifteen dollar card so yeah and, I, and if I'm looking at it here I'm seeing that like your your less than two your less than two dollar pile is only fifty nine cards, which if you're looking at like most like more budget friendly decks, it's more like it's usually like sixty. It's usually like seventy sure. eighty, and then you have these outliers. So again, you have twenty one cards that are between five and and twenty dollars. So yeah, I think I think that's your point. It's very much a a drips and drabs sort of yeah budget tier, right? Exactly. Minus a, two, so, minus uh, a few top end buttons. Yeah, there we go. All right, guys. Well, let's let's dive into this. Let's figure out how her conclave and their pets win and just kind of meander. So we're going to start with the rampant green bill. I'm going to talk about literally one of my favorite green cards. It deals with counters and you get to shift them around. Oh, this is a good card. Forgotten Ancient. Yeah. Oh man, uh, this is right up there with Tor and Mauler for me. Like interesting. Oh man, and if I could have both of them, ooh, <laughs> give it to me, races. baby. So Forgotten Ancients, three colorless green. It's a creature elemental. Um, surprising that the foil copy is coming in at almost five bucks. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think the card was played that much. Um, it is a rare, rare. Um, and it states whenever a player casts a spell, you may put a plus one plus one counter on Forgotten Ancient. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may move any number of plus one plus one counters from Forgotten Ancient onto other creatures. Its blood is life. Its body is growth. So, a you were in a four usually minimum four players in a pod. So this thing right. is just getting massive on rotations. Here, the other cool thing about it is that. 
I like how it says you may move any number of plus one plus one yeah. counters off of it because you may not need to offload all of them from Forgotten Ancient onto another creature because maybe you have a creature that you really like in your hand that you want to get all the counters onto. But you know what? I'd like to put two on this mm -hmm. other creature and then maybe I only have six left on Forgotten Ancient. So it's nice that you have the flexibility there. Uh, but this is a card that draws hate, but I very rarely see people just use... Path to Exile yeah. or Swords to Plowshares on it. It's very weird. Like, everyone screams about it, but then no one does anything about it. Oh, explain Forgotten Ancient. Oh, what are we going to do? And then it's like, uh, I'm going to tap out and play three spells. All right, I'm going to tap out and play my commander. All right, I'm going to tap out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, like, I think... It's weird. You do have a you do have a handful of like plus one plus one counter synergies in the deck and, and mm -hmm. sort of things that kind of go with that, um, which is interesting. Um, but I think this card on its own stands up. If I think if this I think the reason why this card is I like it way better than Tolarian Torrelian Torin. Thank you, Torin Marlin. Oh, I'm trying to make it way more hard. Um, so the reason why I like it is because it's any player, right? So there's going to yeah. be turns where you're going to be casting two, three, four spells, even if they are like low to the ground stuff, which is going to make him. Yep bigger which will either make something else that you need to get in the red zone bigger with or give your commander even more ability to get bigger stuff out faster so it definitely and that's exactly why it's in the grain build because yep. it traditionally is used because people will actually use spot removal for more win than forgotten right. ancient so it's like okay you removed more win now gonna cast her for five well no big deal forgotten ancient has like seven counters so next turn i'll just put seven counters on there now i got eight mana off my commander exactly so. That, that is right. interesting that you bring up the point of how no one ever removes it. <laughs> no one ever does. Yeah. Tor and Mauler, people will get rid of left, right, and center. It's, which is so strange. This card's so much better than that. No. Um, so what is your first green card? So this is one I'm glad that Kate made it into it. Um, it was a card that Squee most graciously broke the bank for and got us copies of. Uh, it's an enchantment that I think in this deck is pretty much just a better wild growth Utopia Sprawl sort yeah. of effect. Is this... You need to count down. Okay, cool. So we're talking about Elvish Guidance. So yeah, boy. two colors in the green for a 28 cents enchant land. Um, whenever I did, enchant I did open the wallet pretty big for that one. Yeah, I know. It was very generous of you. Um, whenever enchanted land, you could have done that for Tigers. Whenever enchanted land is tapped for mana, its controller adds green to his or her mana pool for each elf in play. Um, our home never forgotten. Old home never forgotten, new home ours forever. That's kind of dumb. Uh, so again, <laughs> the thing I like about this is that you're going to be, especially with this deck, where you're going to be sequencing your elves out a little more differently than you would in most elf ball decks where you're trying to rush out. It's a fast deck for sure, but as we talked about with Morrowind, being able to control when you play your low, your low CMC elves um, really kind of helps this really helps this push this card over the wild growths of the world um the other thing that's i think important is for each elf in play there are a lot of decks prosh for example i think has one or two elves in it as managers sure. right like people kind of run them in a lot of different decks just because they're so fast to accelerate especially like mm -hmm. um the elvish mystics and land war elf of the world uh so i think that's a really interesting perspective of it as well and the fact that you will probably be able to pop, pop this onto a land right by tapping your elves by tapping Morwen, and then immediately be able to go off to the races for five six mana that same turn and then that'll yeah. grow over over time over time over time and as we always talk about it's an enchantment so it's gonna be really hard to get rid of um yeah it's, it's a good card i've never gotten to play it really i was I just gonna wait. ask <laughs> 
I can't wait for the day uh, <laughs> that I actually get to use it, um, especially if I'm in the same pod as MTG Lord of Leaves and Squeak. Right. I'm going to plop that down and be like, uh, I tap for like 90. Is that okay? With the guy's cradle <laughs> and a... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, what's the elf? Priest of Titan. Oh, God. Put all three what of if I put together? Elvish Guidance on Gaius Cradle? Oh, <laughs> that's some tech right oh, there. Oh, man. Oh, uh, and that's even just better. Gonna feel tap bad for mana. Oh, on. my gosh. I thought it was yeah. a replacement. Holy cow. Uh-uh. Yeah, like I, I was going to ask, have you ever seen this? I put one in one of these into one of my decks. I've never seen it ever again, so here we are. <laughs> Since I purchased these four, I also have never played it. So hey. there we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, so my next one is actually... I was thinking about it. I think I own more copies of this particular legendary creature and it's in more decks than any other creature I probably have. Um, She is a card from Magic Origins. Um, I do have the nice foil copy. We're talking about a Nyssa Vastwood Seer. Oh, so. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, two colorless green legendary creature elf scout. She's a two two, um, and she states: When Nissa Vestwood's here, ETBs, you may search your library for a basic forest card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So it, it is that it's it's a, a little sucky because they're pinning you to a basic, and it has to be a forest. Usually, it's like, hey, go get a forest card yeah. or go get a basic land. So the fact that they pigeonhole you there that that can get a little annoying. But here's really why I, I love this card in this deck, and I, ha- I probably run it in like five or six different decks, sure. to be yeah. to be honest. Uh, whenever a land ETBs under your control, if you control seven or more lands, exile Nissa, then return to the battlefield transformed into Nissa Sage Animist. This is a three loyalty planeswalker. Reveal the t- for plus one, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put it into your hand. I basically use this for free card draw or free ramp. I'm happy with either one. Um, The minus two is good in a pinch. Uh, Put a legendary uh, 4-4 green elemental creature token named Ashaya, the Awoken World, onto the battlefield. It does kind of suck that it is legendary because I do have some ways to make copies of tokens. Mm -hmm. So can't really do that there, but it is nice to, okay, I got board wiped. This is the only thing I have. Let me minus two and at least get a 4-4. Right. And then the minus seven, I've never done. <laughs> untap up to six target lands. They become six six elemental creatures. They're still lands. Um, I'm not a big fan of turning lands into man lands because then a simple wrath of God destroys your yeah, mana base. Right. Um, but the plus one's really why it's here, and right. that's why for three mana. Tutor a land to hand, and then when you get to flip it, because you will flip it because you are in green, plus wanting all day long and either land filtering or drawing your gas. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it also sucks that it comes to hand instead of the battlefield, but what are you going to do with, yep. the, with the upside of it? Uh, I think there's also, we've talked about swapping out commanders. There's a potential, if you depending on how this deck is built, I've seen decks like this where she is the actual commander. Because she, gets, yeah. she like she can come out early, get you that land, and then flip quickly as well. And then sure. even if she dies from but being attacked as a planeswalker, still easy to Goes get back out. To command still, zone. Exactly. So no, I think it's great. Um, it, it makes sense. It's an elf. It makes sense. It plays into this. So really, not much else to say besides it's a really good card in this deck. 
All right. Well, what is your second grade card? So I think I'm doing almost, I'm trying to do as many elves as I can. Uh, but uh, this is one that I think is, there's a few where they're kind of fringe and you're like, oh, I don't really know if this goes in an elf and then they're in an elf deck. And then there's some where it's like, yeah, this is going to go in every single one of them. This yeah. falls into it. It's a perfect card. Ooh. And it's Imperious Perfect. Uh, so two colors uh, in a green for a 2-2 two -two elf warrior. It's a rare coming in about a buck 70. Other elf creatures you control get plus one plus one. Green tap. Put a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token on the battlefield. In a culture of beauty, the most beautiful are worshipped as gods. Well, that's nice. That's kind of a nice that sentiment. Nice. Uh, yeah, so pretty much it's pretty straightforward here. The, I think something that this deck does well is you've, you've chosen the elf cards that matter the most to get into the red zone and make them a little harder to kill, make them a little beefier around the around the edges, um, as opposed to just doing the normal elf ball thing where it's just like these only mana producers, right? Like they're yep. only mana producing elves and going from there. So I think this is a really good inclusion there. Tokens are nice, um, especially with Mormon's ability is enter the battlefield, not cast. So yep. this, this can quickly pay for itself in, in no short time at all. Well, I mean, it basically, if you think about it, it's activated ability does pay for itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You tap a green, tap it. It's almost, it, it should almost just read if Marwan's on the battlefield, don't put a plus one counter on it. Just tap it and make an elf, and it's the same. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Um, and, and that's what you guys will see if you take a look at our deck list at cmdtower.com. Um, that a lot of my grains are plus one effects, yep. you know, tapping, you know, trying to create tokens, which usually you would think would be like yeast or maybe even hops for defense. But really, it's just to uh, this card by itself gives Marwin two uh, mana yep. right off the bat. Immediately. Because right. it's give it her plus one and it's tap and it's going to make that elf that's going to give her another plus one. So well, that, that's kind of an, And she herself, once she enters the battlefield, will give two because it's an elf. Elf comes in, Marwan oh, goes up yeah, one, there you go. and then she immediately stacks it another one, right? So this card, yeah. if Marwan's on the battlefield, this card effectively costs one when you really boil yeah. down to it, right? Which is bonkers for the for the value you're getting out of it. Absolutely, cool. Uh, my last one is actually a land. What? Uh, wanted to talk about this guy uh, because it allows you to, and I, and I think with Marwan. You have to find ways to kind of use her tap ability as, as often yes, as you can. Yep. And Wirewood Lodge gets you there. So good. Oh, great card, yeah. So uh, this is a land. It's an uncommon for three bucks. Got it out of my mystery boosters. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it basically has two things. Either tap it for a colorless or pay a green and tap it untapped target elf. Shouldn't have to explain too much there. You know, Marwin, <laughs> you can tap it for a crap ton of mana and then you use it to untap and then you tap it again. But... It, I do have 21 elves in the deck. And, you know, Big Touch just talked about Imperius Perfect. Maybe I don't really have many plays. Well, I'll pay a green, tap, make an elf, and then I'll pay a green, untap it, tap it again for another green, make another elf, just because I got to do something right, with my right. life. <laughs> I got I to gotta do something. Uh, so I really like it. Um, really outside of that, there's nothing super broken with it. Right. Um, it, you know, I do have, are you talking about a legendary creature next? Uh, no. 
Okay, so I do have like Silvala, Heart of the Wild, yes. I do have Rishkar, Pima, Renegade. Both of those work very, very well mm -hmm. with Wirewood Lodge. Um, I think it's I think it's probably a card that even if you're not doing Elf Tribal, if you have probably ten elves in the deck that have impactful tap abilities, may not be a bad thing just to put it in there. I mean, it's almost kind of like a Reliquary Tower to where Reliquary Tower taps for colorless, and then its yeah. effect is only relevant if you have more than seven cards. Same thing here, attached for colorless, and its ability is only relevant if you have some elves you can do things with. And I think you I think you, you touched on two very important parts of why this card is so great. Number one, it comes into play untapped, right? Mm -hmm. So even if it produces a colorless, who cares? You have piles of green mana all over the place. Sure. And I think I think it goes to show how effective this is because if you look at the elf kind of commanders that would come into this, right? Like um, Silvala. Savala, great. Marwin, great. Uh, Reese, great. Savala, um, the green-white one, the parlay commander. All of those, all of them that plays in perfectly with just their commander, and there's usually elf support in there to do other things as well. Um, yep. The only one that, we'll get into one later that this doesn't really play well into, but again, now that this card's been reprinted down to two, three bucks, easy pickup, you will find a deck for it, or find someone that you can trade it to who maybe hasn't seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's your last green card? Okay, uh, so this one is I have a I have a interesting opinion on this. I don't think this card goes into all green decks, but it is an insanely good planeswalker. So we are also talking about Vorplex. another Nissa. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in the post credits. Oh, uh, Nissa, Nissa, who shakes the world. So three mm. three colorless green green for a five CMC legendary planeswalker Nissa, not a mythic. So mostly, uh, which is crazy it's, by it's, the way, it's bizarre. Um, when, so static ability, whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. Insane in the right green deck, which I'll get to. Um, plus one. But also, it doesn't even say basic forest, yes, correct. just a forest. So your dual lands count. Covered as well. Yes, Dumb. absolutely. Um, plus one, put three, put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it, it becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste. It's still land. Like you said, I wish it was like till end of turn, but it does untap yeah. a it does untap a four, so you can then tap a two, right? And then yeah. minus eight, you get an emblem with land you control have indestructible, which actually is pretty sweet. Search the library yeah. for any number of forest cards, put them on the battlefield, tap, and then shuffle your library. <gasps> yeah, literally. I saw this card back when we drafted and we had like a 16-person draft. Uh, when we drafted War of the Spark, someone got this out playing limited, and no one could touch it, and he did it. And it's like, all right, I guess we're just over. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it's really good in this deck because this, comparative to most elf ball decks, this is one that's a little bit more like mid range in the sense where you can get cooking earlier, but the longer, but if you can make it past the first three to five turns, then you're really going off to the races, and being able to plop this down and have mana open is really gonna go nuts. And that's the only thing that I'll say about it is it's not like I wouldn't put this in my Silvala deck because it's a little too slow for what that deck's trying to accomplish. So that's why it's not a slam dunk into every mono green deck. But oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because it's five and sometimes it's kind of a dead draw. But in a deck like this, it protects itself. It adds mana. Um, and if you get that minus eight, you're, you pretty much should win the game on the spot. Yeah. Uh, no, or, or for otherwise. sure. Yeah, I really like the card. I've yet to get to see it. Really? Um, you know, I picked up. Yeah, I picked up the copy because I knew it'd be a slam dunk in here. Um, 
mainly because I have ways to double stuff right. on yes. the Nissa. So it's like maybe I potentially ultimate it the turn it comes out and it sticks around. Right, right. Uh, may or may not get into that later. Um, so it, but I, I would say this in general, it's fine. I think this would probably be better suited for my Lord Windgrace deck. Because if the land dies, who cares? I'm getting it back anyways. Right, right, right. Versus here, I'm not, you know, if you get rid of my lands, it's not the end of the world, but it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's that's the only drawback. But, I mean, for five mana and being able to tap, you know, the force yeah. to get an additional green. Honestly, if Marwyn can tap for five, I'm tapping her, putting out Nissa, and then I'm using all my lands now that probably can tap do whatever for ten. Else. Yeah, exactly. Like, do whatever I want. So, so the only post, card, I do have a little postscript here. Um, I believe you have a sorting error in your green profile because you have Vorn Clicks as a green, 100% a hop card. I pass priority. <laughs> Uh, no, sir, uh, because whenever I tap a land for mana, uh -huh. add one mana to my mana pool of any type that and land how, produced. And, how many, and how many effects do you have that does that in this deck? Four or five? Yeah. And how many on the other side of it, when an opponent taps a land, it doesn't untap next turn? But that's not why it's in the deck. It's in here purely oh, for green. Uh, purely to so help me So a sorting error. Vorn clicks should be in the hot profile. And that concludes <laughs> my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the green bill. Now we're going to head over to Hops. Uh, Big Tuck, continue that TED Talk. What's the first one you're talking about? I hope that you do decide to be an insane person and get the uh, Commander Spellbook green because that's going to look real good in here. We're talking about another Planeswalker that is bonkers in this deck. Yes, we are. Yeah, Freely's Landlord Fury. Freely's is a Planeswalker player. Freely's, it's a mythic with three loyalty counters that cost three green green. <laughs> <laughs> Plus two, put a 1-1 one, one green elf druid creature token onto the battlefield with tap, add a green to your mana pool. Minus two, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Minus six, draw a card for each green creature you control. And for you guys that don't know, Freyli's Llanowar's Fury can be your commander if you wanted to. This is So this is one of those crazy planeswalkers that when you look at it, you're like... It seems valuable, but when you actually play it, this 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 fits into everything but the spice in any deck it's in, right? Like, yep. uh, gives you gives you a blocker and a ramp card, destroys as we talked about repeatedly, artifacts enchantments, which are that removals at a premium, and then finally, if you're playing a deck that's at least half or even a third green. You're going to be drawing piles of stuff. Like, it's bonkers. Yeah. I remember when this first came out, I was like, all right, great, another elf card, right? But then now I've noticed I haven't, like, more and more decks <laughs> as it's grown old. So just, just an amazing card overall. So it, it's interesting because you got the minus two and the plus two, and usually when you see those types of abilities, there's another Planeswalker in the hop section that uh, I'm not talking about. I don't know if you're talking about it. I'm going to take that as a no. Okay, yeah. so Vivian Reed mm -hmm. is a good example of this. So Vivian is done the way that cards are traditionally done, where the plus one doesn't affect, but then it's a minus three to destroy the artifact enchantment. She also right. can do a creature with flying. Uh, but Freyli's is just, oh, plus two to five? Great an elf, that's a blocker. Minus two, back down to three, destroy target artifact enchantment. Let's plus two back up to five, let's minus two down to three. Just keep going back and right. forth. She, she never goes lower, and I think that just makes this card that's why this card's 10 bucks and it's a five mana card exactly no i, I was gonna say i completely agree and then a it's enough it's enough that you're pretty much just pooping out lanamore elves but on top of that <laughs> yeah. each one of those is making marwin even stronger to be able to tap for more yeah. and then the turn after that that elf will also be able to tap for more 
So like it really explodes you out into the bigger stuff on the higher end even faster than any other planeswalker at this rate could yeah uh and you hit the money on the head that commander spellbook green i'm gonna have to get it considering i have three two i have two of the cards that are in there that i do not have in foil that i need to get in right. foil for this so. exactly all right well that was my first one so my next card is actually one of the best removal cards that's not a removal card but it's freaking amazing mm. and i do have squee mcgee to thank for this uh because i had never heard of the card before also the card is almost 11 dollars yeah. song of the yeah. dryads yes 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 and yes Two colorless green, enchantment aura, it's a rare. Um, enchant permanent, enchanted permanent is a colorless forest land. Oh, so beautiful. Few, few who encounter the strange human-like grove leave, what, how, that, that doesn't even sound like proper English. Few who encounter the strange human-like grove leave once the lilting chorus of the dryads reaches their ears. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That, that, that's that's dramatically right. sound. But uh, it, in Commander, what, what do you usually build your deck around? A Commander, a Legendary, that you always have access to. Not today. It's a tree. It's This is the best removal spell in green. One of the best removal spells in the game. Because the key part is enchant permanent. Enchantments. Planeswalkers. Commanders. Big lands. hairy creatures that are terrifying, like you said, lands anything. It's such a catch-all for such a low price, and it's an enchantment. So again, it's going to be extremely hard to remove. Hard to get rid of. Then printed twice. <laughs> that's why it's so expensive. And you know what needs to happen? I need to get an altar of this. That's Don Cheadle as Captain Planet saying, "You're a tree. Yeah, right. You're a tree. <laughs> it's all trees." Oh, I'm gonna so, watch that tonight. Uh, yeah, that, that actually, came, I got a, I got a drunken nightmare from that Captain Planet thing because no one can stop him. Like, it's the same nightmare. It's the same. It's the same nightmare I had after I saw Dark Knight Rises when I realized no one could stop Bane. Like not even Batman. So it's like weird nightmare about like living in a city under Bane's control it was very bizarre but that's the life, wow. that's, that's the life I live but you know uh, Song of the Dryads I would say this is an auto include uh, or a staple in every deck that can run green yes, sure. if it weren't for the $11 price yeah, completely, completely agree if this was if this was two or three dollars it would yeah oh. no like yeah how about this if it's soul ring price I probably own 44 <laughs> of them <laughs> because it's like if you think about it it's a uh, it's just a better beast with it like yeah. really is that how it boils down to all right. Uh, what is your second hop So you correctly identified that me and this card have a lot in common in the top of the cast, uh, and it's one of the few <laughs> non-elf cards that actually works really well in this deck. I am talking about your old friend, modern staple, Scavenging Ooze. So colorless and green for a 2-2 on curve. Creature Ooze, it's a rare, I think it's under a buck now, which is kind of nuts. It used to be like six, which is great. Well, it got printed in the standard set, so it got printed the hell yeah, out of it. Just a green, exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, put a 1-1 counter on scavenging Ooze and you gain a life. What more do you want? Like, we've talked about this ad nauseum, also open for trade, Aaron, uh, uh, that graveyards matter. 
We have most decks, if not all decks, have some card that target graveyards, right? Whether it's your own, whether it's someone else's. It's just like a second, if you're playing Magic, right, especially Commander, it's kind of functions as like a second library. So to be able Mm -hmm. to have this out at instant speed for the low cost of a green to completely flummox any sort of reanimator strategy at will is so powerful on a two for two creature. It's bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I and its flavor text is on point. In nature, not a single bone or scrap of flesh goes to waste. In your in your refrigerator, two at the a.m., not a single chicken wing or slice of pizza goes to waste. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's not yours. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, I love the card because here's the thing. Um, I do have some stuff I can do at instant speed, but not a lot. Yeah. So a lot of it's gonna be okay. Well, I'm gonna pass the turn. And then I'm going to wait for my next turn, and that's going to be my turn. Right. So it is nice with the scavenging oozes of the world or the imperious perfects of the world to where I could do something right, on other right, people's right. turns. Um, and even if they don't do anything that matters for this stuff, because I've played scavenging ooze, no one does anything graveyard-wise that I need to target, but it's just like, oh, at the your end step, I guess I'll pay six mana, and I'll exile that, I'll exile that, I'll get rid of that, and I'll just get rid of some stuff because mm-hmm. I might as well. Yeah. Um, Fla- like so, you're killing yeah, stuff, I, you're, even if you're picking off stuff that's like flashback fodder, even if it's not creatures, you're still getting value, right? Because you're just limiting options. Well, and the crazy thing is I think this is also a card kind of like Song of the Dryads that you should be running probably more than you are. I completely, I completely uh, agree with that. Right right now on Tapped Out with my deck list, I have it in one deck. This Really? Deck. Out of all of my decks, Uh-oh. yeah. I mean, and I got a bunch of copies. It's just I don't know why I don't think to run it. That's just the weird thing. Yeah, it, we. It's like it sneaks by. Somehow. Exactly, and because it, it's kind, it's like sort of innocuous, right? Like it doesn't seem like it does much on paper compared to some biggie flashy stuff. Perhaps that should be an action for news of cards that you should play more. Because we did cards that are played too much. Mm. What about that? But I guarantee, but I guarantee right now, like it's yeah, it's in it's uh, in thousands of decks. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the over-under is on 5,000? Of decks that can play it? No, that that it's in physically. Oh. Over-under 5,000. Uh, under. Uh, it's in almost 14,000 decks. Holy cow. I also have it yeah. in one deck. Because <laughs> we are great deck builders. Yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Scavenging Hughes, awesome card. Yeah. You should do it. Um, so my last card, we, I think I've talked about this in previous casts, whether it's our alternate universe, MTG Action 4 News, or this universe, Brews and Builds, to where green sometimes has issues with flyers. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have reach, but that's about it. And if I'm, I'm doing this theme, I, I can't just put all the reach stuff I want in here. So I needed some way to be able to deal with flyers. It's way overcosted. But it is a great, should be one-sided board wipe. Um, Tornado Elemental. So, five colorless green green for creature elemental rare, 6-6. Six, six. When it ETBs, it deals six damage to each creature with flying. The cool thing, though, is you may have Tornado Elemental assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. So, as we get to in the yeast, and I'm sure we'll talk about them, there are ways that my creatures get buffed. Mm-hmm. It is kind of nice where it's like, you have a billion creatures I can't do anything about. I'll just swing this Tornado Elemental that could be doing 15 damage, 20 damage, or even if it's just 6, and I'm going to get that through. And it doesn't even say that it has to be swinging at a person. 
planeswalkers are a lot more relevant. Mm -hmm. Your planeswalker is about to ultimate. You have your Atraxa and a couple other things. I'm going to swing it in. I'll lose Tornado Elemental, but I'll deal six to your planeswalker and probably kill it or get it down to like one loyalty. I don't have much to say about this because we're going to be talking about it later. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is a, a Raphael special, so um, we'll, we'll get into it later. How about that? How about that? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> okay. See, see how Tuck does me, people. See how he does. I don't like. Uh, what, what's your last hop card? So uh, this is. There's only a handful of elves that really see a lot of play outside of elf decks, and this is one that actually sees quite a bit. It is a legendary creature, elf shaman. We're talking about Yeva, Nature's Herald. So two colors, green, green yes. for four four, which is nuts. It's on. It's on curve. Flash, um, and then you may cast green green creature spells as though they had flash. So this is definitely like a workhorse card, and I've seen this in builds that are like green, red, green, red, white heavy, where the green's really doing the work on it. Obviously in this deck, in most mono green decks, it does piles of work. Like you just talked about, being able to play at instant speed for all the creature cards in your deck is a huge advantage. And then this, in my opinion, this is just like a better uh, Vildalkin Ori, which is an overrated card, which we don't need to get into. It's not a better Vildalkin Ori. It's a worse Vildalkin Ori. See, I disagree, though, because it counts as, in this deck in particular, it counts as a creature. It gives you pips. Sure. And it also is an elf. So it funnels into all of the different strategies that we've been talking about to this point. So for me, and it's also a buck, it's a buck 17 versus 40 for the Orrery. So in my opinion, just because this deck is built around that, it's built around having elves, it's built around having creatures. This is why this deck is like a ley line of anticipation pretty much for this deck. So awesome inclusion, fits the curve, can beat face, can block most of anything when it comes to tokens except for flyers. Um, great inclusion, especially at the cost. Well, so as I constantly try to tell Big Tuck, just because a card is cheap or expensive does not make it a good or bad magic card. So we got to get rid of that. But the reason I like Yiva in this deck more than Vildak and Ori is because you can play her at Flash. Right. And so like I kind of mentioned before, there's some times where I'm just sitting around not doing anything. And maybe Scavenging Goose is on the battlefield and someone's like, man, I can't do my graveyard stuff now because Mr. Combo has seven mana open. Well, I guess I'll just pass. And it's like, cool, you're in step. I just flash in Yiva instead. Right. And then I'll still gobble up some of your right. <laughs> uh, Or I flash in Yiva, maintain priority, and then cast some green uh, mana doors. Exactly. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, for this deck, it is better than Velikan Ori, but it is not a better Veldekan Ori. I agree. I agree with that. In this deck, it is better. It's probably not better at a macro level. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to the yeast package. Um, also, I didn't realize 33 grains in the deck, 16 hops, 13 yeast. You could say this deck wants to go quick. But that's how, like, I think um, if you look, if you break down most mono green decks, that's how they're all going to look. It's going to be just that's like this. So this is one of the few gods I have in the deck. Um, I'm usually pretty iffy about it, but I think this one is hits home on a lot of levels. So three, two, one. Nylea Nylea God of the Hunt. Hunt. We're just talking about uh, this. It is a three colorless green legendary enchantment creature god. It's a mythic and it's a six six. Ah, 
Uh, and the foil is only $15, which is budget compared to most gods. Uh, indestructible, as long as your devotion to green is less than five, it's not a creature. Each green uh, pip in the mana cost of permanence you control costs or counts towards your devotion to green. Other creatures you control have trample, which is how most people play this, but yep. target creature for three colors and a green, target creature gets plus two, plus two until in a turn, which I think in this deck actually has a fair amount of utility. You know, potentially, I mean, so you're not going to do it on Morwen because that basically you're losing two mana when you do right. that. So you're not going to do it there. But some of the other cards that we could get to, which I'm sure we will, you are right. Mm -hmm. Doing that four mana could potentially make all of your guys on block. Exactly. Um, and so the reason I actually put it here is actually for the trample yeah. aspect like you alluded to, because, you know, I got like a Omnath Locus of Mana. Um, well, it, who, cool, Omnath is a 50-50, but you got one ones. <laughs> right, like, exactly. that doesn't do anything. That literally happened in the 40 Life in the Dash we talked about earlier in the week, where my Consuming Aberration was like 112, 112. But it didn't have any evasion. So it's just yeah. like, well, cool. I'm going to eat me a 3-3 a Dino Kitty. <laughs> so um, I like the trample. And she does become a 6-6 six, six beater on the regular. Right, right, right. Um, is there not some sort of... If you have her and Marwin and like a uh, Wirewood Lodge or something along those lines, there is some sort of rigmarole that you could if you don't have anything to do on the pre to pump up Marwin. Or is that... Am I making that up completely? So you can pump up Marwin. It's There's just... There's a deficiency to do it, right? Yes, basically instead of paying, because you would have to tap Marwin to get some of the benefit back, but think of it instead of paying four mana to give her plus two plus two, you're paying two, two mana, mana right. to give her plus two plus two, because technically the two she could use to help pay for another activation. Yeah. But out, outside of that, I mean, because typically when you want to pump up Marwin, it's not for damage, it's for tapping mana to go do other right, stupid right, right, stuff. Right. So... Yeah, I thought I had I cool. thought I had a line in there, but I guess I'm just an idiot. So here we are. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Yeah, news it's to because you didn't have your. It's, it's because you didn't have your Rock Creek Brewing. That's what happens. Well, oh, oh we'll we get, did. We'll get. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your second? Yeast so card? Uh, I want to talk about not the goad, but the goat. Oh, we're talking about breaking a path through with the Pathbreaker Ibex, aka the aka the pseudo budget uh, <laughs> crater hoof. So crater hoof. four colors and green green for a three three creature goat. Um, it's a rare. My skills are wasted here. Darut Colonian Tracker, terrible flavor. Uh, text and comes in about 845 so whenever pathbreaker ibex attacks creatures you control gain trample and plus x plus x until in a turn where x is the greatest power among creatures you control which i actually like this card a lot um there's one card here that you're conspicuously missing which i'm also not getting into but uh the fact that it's a repeatable thing where it's not just like a wham wham saying thank you ma'am uh that's why i like this a lot and the best part is it's not creatures that are attacking right we talked about how marwin could easily get to eight nine yep. ten so that's going to carry over into this guy into one combat into another combat um and like we made mention the last thing i'll say about this is the fact it gains trample is so important right like green yep. green has has this problem of these big beater creatures and even if you're if you're going wide or what do we call it where it wasn't it was like in between the two like like mid yeah like between wide and tall right like gear red for example 
Sure. Like you need to have those trample enablers. So having something that pumps them and gives them trample as a redundant effect is really, really important. So I think Pathbreaker Ibex is a great card. It's I think it's only been printed once or twice, which is why it's so expensive. So maybe Commander Legends, but again, we've said that 400 times, so who knows? <laughs> so it's not wide, it's not tall. Could we call it fluffy? Mm. Okay, I, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, going fluffy? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Hashtag Fluffy. Come to a Twitter near you. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's already from that uh, comedian. Because there was a comedian that... Oh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, he can also go, hashtag suck it. (laughs) I'm coming for you, Iglesias. So so here's the kind of cool thing, and you did allude to it. Because you don't have to swing to get the pluses. So Marwin could be an 8 or 9. Pathbreaker Ibrex is going to give everything plus 8 or plus 9 when it attacks, which also makes Marwin go up an additional plus 8 or plus oh, 9. Oh, right. So then it kind of that does tech technically into Nylea to where, okay, you have no blocks because I'm swinging a 12-12 at you. Well, I'm going to tap Marwin for 18, dump all that mana now into Nylea, pump up Pathbreaker Ibex even more, right, and potentially right, kill right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that does give you some kind of cool, sneaky tech there um now god if it gave trample and vigilance then you're just swinging with Morwin, and and then it's like uh i'll still tap it and who am i gonna beef up yeah exactly um but no a great version like i said like again there's other cards in the deck that do this effect slightly better but the fact that this one's repeatable you can keep getting it in especially if you get it out early just makes it a real real solid choice yeah, if only green had ways to get multiple attack phases. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. They can draw cards. Can't they can everything. counter cards. They can they can uh, <laughs> they can destroy artifacts and they, they can make people not play on their yeah, turn. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So my next card is a elf lord that does talk to the trees. Tug can't figure it out. We're going voice of the woods. Uh, three colorless green green creature elf lord. It's a two two for fifty four cents. It is a rare from onslaught. Yeah, good work. Hey, look at that. Uh, the ritual of making draws upon the elves' memories and past, and elves have long memories and ancient past. So before I read off its effect. I, I knew I had the card in here, but I couldn't figure out if it was a spice or a yeast. So I had, that's when I had to go through and count my elves. <laughs> Be like, oh, okay, I got 21. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, so basically it says tap five untapped elves you control. Put a 7-7 seven, seven green elemental creature token with trample into play. We talked about the ways that I can make tokens. We talked about how over half the deck's creature base are elves themselves. And this guy is an elf lord himself, so he can tap himself to help pay for this. Being able to, once again, sit tight, which I hate saying, but then... Oh, makes me feel good. Gets back to get, gets back to instep, and then, hey, I'm going to tap, even if it's just 10 elves, and I'm going to make two 7-7 seven, seven green elemental creature tokens, that's nothing to, like, snuff at. Uh, especially, oh, then I cast Pathbreaker Ibex, and we kind of do that rigmarole. Uh, it's a great card. I'm sure it probably works better in decks that solely do elves and nothing else, because then maybe you can make five, six, seven of these seven sevens. But I do have ways to make copies of tokens, which is another reason why I leave it in the deck. Agreed 100%. And I think even if we boil it down to just getting one activation a turn, right? If you just have a bunch of el- if you if you, if you just have a bunch of dorks and you don't have anything else to do, like 
it's much better to waste instead of wasting them trying to force out your hand right as you're drawing cards yep. as you're recovering from maybe like a board wipe or a bad attack or something like that being able to get out a seven seven trampler pretty damn good yeah and i think the thing here is you would think oh well voice of the woods hits people are going to target it People actually don't. So there's a vampire that if you tap five untapped vampires you control, you literally steal an opponent's oh. creature permanently. Um, that is brutal. That's one where people see it and they're like, you got to die. Yeah, right. That has to die. This, it's like, well, you tap five elves and you get a seven, seven with trample. Okay. Like yeah. that's, that's, I could deal with that. Um, so it definitely sneaks under right. the radar. Especially people are going to see you play this at five and you're like, well, that's all you got. That's yeah. all. That's all you have. You're like, yep, I'm tapped out on lands. But then immediately you're yep. like, okay, seven seven, right next turn, coming into yep. your planeswalker or whatever. 100 percent agree. And coming to a planeswalker near and, you. And it's a cute addition. So you know, props to you, man. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, what is your last? East it card? is. I want to talk about another legendary elf warrior. Uh, I wish this card cost $200 because I freaking hate it. Uh, we are talking about your old pal, Azuri Renegade Leader. I'm surprised you're talking about it. I hate this so card much. so much, but it's so <laughs> good. And that's why that's what makes me so frustrated. So uh, Renegade Leader is a uh, 2-2, colorless green, green. Um, great hero or grand betrayer. The truth of Missouri's legacy is clouded by the fog of legend. That's that's some good flavor text. Oh, so um, that is good. green regenerate another target elf. Very important. That doesn't say a elf because I've gotten into yep. some heaters around that. And then two colorless green, green, green elf creatures you control gain plus three, plus three and trample to the turn. Doesn't require overrun. Basically, right? It's exactly overrun. Yes. Doesn't require a tap. Can be activated as many times as you want during a turn. I hate yep. this card. This is like the premiere. <laughs> this is like the one elf that does not work with Wirewood Symbiote, but also is an amazing commander if you're going to the elves. Also, hashtag suck it. Uh, Duffman. Also, hashtag coward. Duffman. Uh, not, not great, but it is so good. Um, I think if you're running... 15 to 20 elves it's an auto include especially for the generate especially yeah. if you have an elf commander um to be able to regenerate there just just overall bonkers yeah i i love this card because we've we've kind of talked about it in this section to where if there's ways to get Marwyn bigger without tapping her and sacrificing a lot and basically think of it this way you're really only paying two mana to give everything plus three plus three because Marwyn's going to go up by three oh, so this is right. one to where you potentially can swing with a whole lot of your stuff and then it's like okay i'm gonna tap out activate it twice did plus six plus six marwin's now a i don't know 2020 <laughs> well now i'm gonna tap her do it four more <laughs> times do another plus 12 plus 12 i just gave everything plus 18 plus 18 have fun <sighs> so upsetting but again like it's one of those cards that like i just wish it was more expensive so that it wouldn't be run in every elf deck ever <laughs> but what do you gotta do so um i don't know yeah but also here's the thing it's a lot of mana, true very true and tra traditionally you have to have elves to tap to do that right, right effect right. so I, I think that's where from a design perspective it's like well yeah if it 
if it only costs like two colorless, then sure, it, it's super broken. But it does require the three green, yeah. and traditionally elves ramp by having other elves. Right, and so, right. okay, I'm tapping some of my dorks, which sacrifices power to be able to do this ability all the times. I think where it just ends up breaking is when you have things that can make gobs and gobs of mana, like your Gaius Cradles, like your Morrowind the Nurturers, like your Cradle at Malamanca the yeah. Sun. Those are the types of things that just really put this thing over the Agreed. top. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up. Oh, no, I got one more. Ooh. Ooh. Mr. Combo almost skipped himself. <laughs> and this is actually one of my favorite cards of the deck. $11. Good God. We're talking about Colonian Hydra. Oh, yeah. Three colorless green green. It's a mythic uh, creature hydra, and it's a zero zero. Trample. When it ETBs, it comes in with four plus one plus one counters on it. And I think that's very important because sometimes the hydras come in with X counters equal to the mana that was spent. Mm -hmm. So if it gets blinked, they come in and die. Right. This one will always come in as a right, four right. four. So it gets to live. Before I read its ability, that's bonkers. Even Bayloths fear its feeding time. And we're going to be talking about Bayloths not too far in the future. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deck I actually think it works in, though. That's the crazy thing. Okay, anyways. Whenever Colonian Hydra attacks, double the number of plus one, plus one counters on each creature you control. It's insanity. Um, you, you kind of alluded to it. I do have this loose plus one, plus one counter yep. theme kind of floating through the deck. So the fact that he just doesn't double his own, which believe it or not, I have done that on accident where I only double his and I don't do anyone else's. Hey, want to know something funny? I've also done the same thing multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's the reason the card's probably $11 yeah. is the fact that you double all your counters. Uh, Frenemy Dan, do you have this in Pier and Toothy? Because if you don't, you should. Yeah, need to have it there. I've seen uh, this goes rampant. It attracts a plus one, plus one counters. It, it's just really good. And effectively, what you're thinking of is you're paying five for what will be an eight, eight when it attacks. Yep. Right? Like, which is just insane with an upside. Yeah. And it has trap. Yeah. So. It's incredible. I love Hydras, man. It is Hydras, incredible. Some Hydras got it. Mm, a lot of them don't. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to the Spice. Big Tuck. Not a lot Not of options. A lot of we got options here. So I'm going to go with the one that I like the most. And this is something we've talked about several times. I think this is one of the decks where this zombie god is going to be making a big oh, splash. It's. I would cut this thing if it weren't for the fact that I have this foil <laughs> sitting <laughs> around with no home. So we are talking about God Eternal Rona. So three colors, green, green for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature zombie god death touch. When it enters the battlefield, double the power of each other creature you control until end of turn. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. When it dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it in its owner's library, third from the top. So, again, you're, this is just, a, this card might as well just say redundancy on the top of it. This might as well be God Eternal redundancy. Uh, because, again, as we talked into it, can make a big swing when it comes down, right? It's effectively an overwhelming stampede on a creature, which is great. To, uh, a little no. bit. You don't get trample. Fair point, but that's why you have the Nylea's and the Pathbreakers of the world. Um, sure. Or the, but then the, now we're talking magical. Of course. Christmas but land. I'm saying like the more of these effects you have up stacked with each other, the more chance it's going to happen. Fair, fair. But it also makes your commander. It, this also is like a very fringe ramp card where your commander yeah. can get huge and pay for itself and then dump out more stuff. So 
I just like it because it's a card. I think this is like a very good example of a non-elf card that still fits the bill of this deck and where it's trying to go, right? Like for a 5-5 five, five death touch for five, it's on curve. It's It has a sort of recursion built into it. The sense it's going to go to the library. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of this card. Now, granted, I think I have it in two decks and I've never seen it before. So <laughs> maybe I'm just crazy, but... Well, I'll say this. It is nice because it's basically a free 5-5 Death Touch. Because if there's ever a world that I'm casting this and Morwen's on the battlefield, and she's not going above 5, something's yep. clearly gone wrong with my game plan. So it should. I pay 5 with my lands. It comes out. Morwen now taps for 5+. plus. Okay, I just got the spell for free. Let me cast something else. Almost kind of like a Rich Card's expertise. Yes, yes. Great, so, great example. Um, yeah, and, and look... I do like the Vigilance in this deck because we did kind of talk about Magical Christmas Land <laughs> with, oh, if Pathbreaker Ibex is out there and Morwen's huge and you have Nylea, like, technically Morwen gets humongous, but you can't swing with her because she taps. Well, we've got Eternal Rona, right. she gets even bigger. Then you swing and then you can do a whole bunch of activations. Same thing with the Azuri. So that's why it's a fringe thing because the Vigilance is a nice mm -hmm. to have, not the great to have. Um... <laughs> But it does loosely fit because it makes Morrowind bigger, and so it's basically a free five-five death touch that I get over and over. It's and over also, again. to your point, a weird design space where it gives vigilance instead of trample. Like Green's not really known for vigilance, yeah. right? So I don't yeah. know. Maybe they thought if it was trample, it'd be too like crater hoof adjacent. I, I don't know. But I just like I like it. Yeah, but you. <sighs> The, the reason I don't compare this to Crater Hoof, though, even if it did give Trample, is it only doubles power, double power. Right? It doesn't double the toughness. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was So that. your right, stuff right, can right. still yeah. die. Crater Hoof does double, double everything. everything. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But again, yeah. I, I like the inclusion. I think it should say. I hope it does. Sure. But that's the one I want to talk about. All right. Uh, well, mine that I want to talk about is Fringe, because we've talked about this plus one, plus one counter theme. And I've talked about how I need flying oh, protection. Jugan the Rising Star. So this is one of your legendary creature dragon spirits for three colorless trip green. Uh, it's a rare for 70 cents because it is very overcosted. <laughs> it's a 5-5 five, five flyer. And when it dies, I may distribute five plus one, plus one counters among any number of target creatures. We didn't talk about it, but, you know, I got, like, Champion of Land Bolts in right. here. That's an amazing card. We got Jorga Warcaller in here. That's an amazing card. Heck, we talked about Colonian Hydra and how it doubles counters. Right. Marwyn needs counters. So I have a lot of counters matters through the deck, and this card loosely fits that. It's just I don't have, like we talked about Wirewood Lodge. I got 21 elves in the deck. Chances are, when I play Wirewood Lodge, I'm going to have an elf right, that I right, can right. do something with. Is it, is it going to be the optimal play? Potentially, no, but it'll have interaction. Potentially, with Jugan, outside of my commander who I'll always have access to, when he dies, I very well could have nothing that matters with plus one, plus one counters. Um, it would be great if I had a Forgotten Ancient, and I'd just shove it all on there and save it up for the next creature, but most likely it's going to be like a Nissa Vastwood Seer, and it's like, cool, it's going to flip, and I'm going to lose all the counters. <laughs> I think you bring so I did I, uh, I was surprised when I saw this, but I think you bring up a good counter a good point. Like you have five or six cards where plus one plus one counters matter, and this also yeah. fights against flying, and it's a five-five flyer on its own, right? So Yeah. It's a weird inclusion. It's definitely a spice, and this is one of those elder dragons that doesn't really fit into a whole ton of places. Um so yeah. I think it I think with the way you built this deck, especially if you can get this out early, turn four, turn five, it's sure. gonna do piles of work for you. So I like yeah. seeing it, and it's and it's got just it's like it's got you like I like looked at 
this, I wanted to hate it, but then I was looking at it, it's like, there's just, just enough there to make it work. Yeah, no, for sure. Cause I mean, I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six. I think I got six things in here that deal with counters. Um, yeah, six. And then no, seven, uh, eight. Yeah, yeah. I got eight things that deal with counters. So it's like, it's like you said, there's just enough there to where it's like, you could justify having it in the deck. And I would say this, if it was like the Miosians where it didn't have flying, then it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you got eight things, but that's it. At least it's a flyer and it can you right. know, block some drakes or maybe a dragon if I'm playing against Dustman because exactly. he decided not to do his own ball deck. <laughs> oh, suck it. Now that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, there's going to be big tucks and eyes, cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under five, under 50 and no budget. Just can't talk about Guy's Cradle because it's already here. And we don't allow mana only I'm bringing the heat so, on the no budget, by the way. Me too. Uh, we may even be on the same I card, which would be hilarious. I think we probably are. <laughs> uh, so uh, for my under five, I'm going to cut God Eternal Ronus. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, for you know, it, it's it's so it's too fringe for me. It, it's pretty to but, to your point. It is we've talked about it. It's a card that reads really well, but in actuality, yeah. maybe isn't that strong. Now, granted, I've been wanting to put this card in this deck for a while. I don't think I'm ever going to buy one. I think I'm going to have to trade for one, just because the principle of it. Five? Because it just makes my deck too good. For but under five. Under five. I kind of want to put an Umbra mantle oh, in here. Yeah, this is this is this is the. <laughs> I was actually shocked when I read when I was going through this list. Like, wait, this isn't in here. Yeah. Uh, so this is an artifact equipment, guys. It's an uncommon coming in at about a four dollars and eighty two cents, eighteen cents Man, under. Uh, it costs three to play, and it costs zero to equip. It harnesses the power of night and a land where daylight fears to show itself. Uh, which definitely combo players do not fear to show this combo. <laughs> a creature has pay three untap. This creature gets plus two, plus two oh to turn. So literally, guys, just kind of go with me here. Marwin only has a counter on her. You get this on her for zero. You pay three, which would tapping her. So that's two of it and a land. She gets plus two, plus two, or she'll, it'll, you'll tap her to float out your mana, and then you'll tap your other land to untap her for the three, then she gets plus two, plus two. Well, now she's a four. Now you got infinite yeah. mana. <laughs> Literally, that's all you need, and you got infinite mana. But the cool thing I like about it is you also can infinitely make her right, huge right, right. to where then it's a viable threat to swing in and mm -hmm. kill someone with command damage, like when I was at 152 life, or even the Pathbreaker I yeah, sure. Infinitely do this to Marwin. Now my creatures are all thousand thousands. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know why I don't have it in the deck. Uh, I think this does more than uh, God Eternal Ronos does. Plus, we've talked about it. There are a lot of elves that do tap functions that even if I don't go infinite, I could just put it on a thing to, okay, it sucks, but maybe I'm going to pay five total mana to make two one one elves. Right. Well, I got nothing, nothing else, else to do. do. Why not? The, the only thing I don't like, if this was a card... I think though, I think you kind of sold me on it. Like, obviously, it's a degenerate combo, and I hate you for bringing it up. Um, yeah. But I almost put this in because I know it'd make you happy, and that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think you bring up a great point where if it's just generating infinite mana, 
That's one thing because that's what, what do you well, do? And, and you've t- yeah. we talked about this. Be- you've talked about this before, where you like hey, made infinite mana, and you're like, I don't know if I got like you're like one card away or two card away from actually winning, right? Um, but I, yeah. think, I think because you're it, it I, normally when people play this, the plus two plus two might as well be blank, right? Like they're just playing it for yep. the untapped ability. But this, like to your point, like that adds up, right? And if you have, even if you have yeah. a Nylea out, you can like start, you can at least one shot someone if it's late enough in the game, just with your commander, right? Yeah. So I saw this and I was yeah, like, no. ah, All points. Mr. Comics, I'm gonna pick this one up. <laughs> well, uh, what is your cut for the under five? And what so are you I'm add? adding three elves, and I'm trying to do my damnedest to lower the CMC. So <laughs> we are going to cut the old whipping boy of, command, of the CMD tower, Rampaging Baylots. Adios. <laughs> uh, who was it? Uh, Claudian Hydra is right. We are going to cut this bastard. <laughs> Four colors, green, green for a 6 6 trampler landfall. When a lantern's battlefield under control, you may put a 4 4 green beast token onto the battlefield. It even has Nissa Ravine in the flavor text. When the land is angry, so are they. Nailed it. Uh, but here's the thing, though. You have to admit, though, usually we say it's not good in a deck because you're doing your land a turn and it's just, like, way too slow. This deck does have a way of getting additional lands out on turns, so it could sort, make me multiple 4-4s. Four so, I, like, you have Cultivate, Kodama's Reach, and Rampant Growth. And Nissa Vasswood Seer that transforms and her planeswalker does it over and over sure, again. Sure, but again, that's we're, we're we're getting back into our magical Christmas land areas, right? Of maybe working, maybe not. At the time when you play this, you will probably want to get something else besides just this thing out. So unless you're playing an angry Omnom deck, it's not gonna work for you. So instead, I'm gonna lean more into the elf, and this one's hot off the presses. It's not a very exciting card, but I think it fills a lot of things in this gap. So we were talking about Land of War Visionary. So two colorless and a green for oh. an unco- for a common for 11 cents. When it airs the battlefield, draw a card, tap for a green. So if you compare this to some of the other elves in this deck, um, a la your old pal Drew to the Cowl, one of your favorite cards for some reason, <laughs> never quite understood. Um, this because it's a one three. It has whatever. a bunch. So for this one, it draws you a card. It's an elf, and it taps for a mana. So again, I want to lean more into this elf theme. Not cutting out the big swingers that you need, right? Like the path breakers of the world. <laughs> sure. Um, but just something to lower the curve a little bit and help you kind of explode a little faster than what the deck is currently doing. Is this card exciting? So is it good? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I like it. So I did I did look at the card, uh, and I consider talking about it. The only reason I didn't like it is three mana to draw a card and have a mana dork. It's not great. I agree. I agree. And I feel like I, I feel like if you look at all the three mana elves in this deck, I feel like I probably have most of the premier premier ones. They all do something very mm-hmm. impactful. Um, you know, whether it's all my elves get plus one plus one, and then I could tap them to right, make right. elves. Um, so I, I don't hate it, but I would almost say instead of doing Llanowar Visionary, I would need to do like Harmonize. All right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much all we can say about Llanowar Visionary. Um, <laughs> Let, let's let's head over to the under 50, and I'm gonna cut a card that you may be very shocked that I'm cutting. Door of Destinies. In, interesting. So this is a four colorless artifact. It's coming in at about $7.40. It's a rare. 
Door Destiny's ETBs choose a creature type. Whenever I cast a spell of the chosen type, put a charge counter on it. And the creatures I control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one for each charge counter on Door Destiny's. The reason I'm cutting it is because I do have enough things that make tokens or double tokens, like doubling season and parallel lives. We didn't talk about those. That the casting piece, it's like if Marwyn said, whenever you cast an elf, get a plus one, plus one counter. I don't know if she would be nearly as good of a commander because I'm not doing all elves. I do. I always, um, but I the fact, always forget it's cast on that. I always forget it. Yeah, and that's and that's the reason I don't think it's good for this deck. I think probably any other elf deck, it may be fine, but there's probably still better options. But I, I think I should cut it because of that cast versus ETB. Fair point. Um, yeah. Door Destinies is always hard. It, it does so much, but you really yeah. have to work for it. So I, I'm on board. Like Coat of Arms would almost be better than Door Destinies, in my opinion, for this deck. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, I would agree with that. Um, but I'm going to cut it for a card that's just a shade over $5. I literally have one downstairs. And I think we've talked about how there's enough counters floating around in this deck that it's going to really do some work. And it does lower the curve from four to one. We're going to add the Ozolith. <laughs> so legendary artifact rare from sure. Ikoria. Uh, whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, it has had counters of any kind on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature. So here's what I really like about this card. Where my deck has struggled is like Big Tuck talked about. You know, you kind of like slivers or goblins, you ramp out super hard, you get you empty out your hand, you get board wiped, and you're like, well, shooting a biscuit. I got nothing else to do. Uh, uh, and I don't circus. even have a way to beef Yeah, and I don't even have a way to beef Marwin back up because I have no elves to right. play. Well, Ozolith, all the counters that I had built up on her go straight to that. And then, hey, I'll just cast her next turn. I get all the counters back. Sure, she has summoning sickness, but you know what? I, I'm back to square one. Um, I think this is a card that people will use artifact removal on. And I think I'm fine with that because I think I have other artifacts in the deck that are way more impactful and powerful. But for one mana, there's zero reason I shouldn't have this in here. Plus the fact that... I have all these other, you know, the eight other creatures that deal with counters. Like, goodness. Yeah. I mean, that could just start doing some stuff. If this card costs five, it's, like, unplayable. But the fact it costs one yep. and the barrier for it, like, it's similar to it's similar in scope to, and I'm kind of shocked this isn't coming in yet, Altar of the Brood, which I was baffled <laughs> when this wasn't in there. Uh, but it's, like, it's very much in the same scope where it comes out early enough where you're just, like... Well, there's got to be something worse. There's got to be. Some, there has to be something yeah. worse coming, right? But at the same point, it's the same thing. Drips and drabs, right? Like Jorger War Carler, yep. you multi kick it a couple times, comes out with three. Someone spot removes it. Okay, fine, fair enough. Put it on the Ozlet. And and I think the the thing I like the most about this card is it's may. You may move the yep. counters. You never really. You never have yep. to, which kind of makes it a little bit more of a juicy target for removal. Sure. But I think that's just where you're using good judgment to where if you're if it's a May and you're passing it up and you got like 15 counters on it, that's kind of your own fault. Um, so and I think you just you, you brought up an amazing point that I wanted to bring up. If you have the Ozolith and you got your Jorga War Callers, you have your Marwinds, you have your Forgotten Ancients and they have a lot of counters 
people are really going to have to decide, what do I remove? Do I do the creature, but then the Ozolith gets it? But do I do the Ozolith, and then maybe someone else can get rid yeah. of the creature? Like, what do I do? And I don't want to necessarily destroy all creatures and all artifacts, you know, like an Austin right, command. Right. Because then that's going to screw uh-huh. my board, and I'm going to lose all my mana rocks. Like, it really puts them in a Vivian's choice oh, nice. of a decision. And it, uh, the last thing, which I always forget on this card, it's at beginning of combat on your turn. Not upkeep, yep. not at the beginning of your next turn. The same turn when you have this out, you can put it onto your commander or one of these other creatures. Yeah, uh, can I go ahead and do that, and then I'll Pathbreaker Ibex, put all the counters on that, and then I'll swing, and I get another yeah, trigger. That oh man, up. <laughs> disgusting. Or Colonian oh, Hydra. God. Oh Ugh. god. Yeah, you need one of these. <laughs> is this ever gonna? Do you think this is ever gonna drop yeah. to like two, three dollars? I know it's like five ish now. Probably not. I, I don't know if it. I don't. I doubt it. I mean, it could drop to four. Yeah. For a little bit. If anything, I see this going up mm-hmm. in price because counters matter because it doesn't even say plus one plus one counters it just says counters and we oh. just had that commander come out with all the counters matter type right, stuff right and so right. if they keep doing this type of stuff it's only yeah, gonna go up right. um and you know the reason i have an extra because i I, I ripped it but i was gonna try to put it in a future tribal deck that i won't spoil what it is but it has like 31 of the same oh. creature in there i was looking at it for that deck because that deals with right, counters right, right. to an extent but it's like no that's the the counters and that thing is just really fringe like because the commander You're does right. it i think in this deck it probably right. has a home uh what do you got for your so, fifty? Uh, this is a weird one it's a weird one <laughs> okay i'm actually gonna cut gauntlet of power what yeah so i have a lot of reasons so I let me read on card first uh five colorless for an artifact it's a rare Blast from um <laughs> you from time spiral so we'll probably be seeing a reprint of this Coming up soon. If you listen to the podcast oh, so episode, sell mine before it drops in if price. you listen to the opposite <laughs> podcast episode earlier in the week, um, as it comes into play, choose a color. And this is what I don't like. Creatures of the chosen color get plus one, plus one. Whenever a basic land is tapped for mana of the chosen color, its controller adds one mana of the color to his or her mana pool. So if this said, like, name a basic land type, then your snow-covered forests are going to come into play here, right? However, sure. green is played all over the place. A lot of people are playing green. A lot of people are playing green soppy stuff. And this is fueling the fire of that. Where this card really shines, in my opinion, is in, in decks where they don't have a lot of access to ramp, a la red, black, that sort of stuff. Why? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Whereas in this deck, you don't really need this. Plus you have, in my opinion, the better version of Cage Sun, where it's only things that you control, right? So God sure. of Power for me is a really nice card outside of its cost, which we're not gonna talk about. Um, but in this deck in particular, I just don't think you need it. You know what I mean? Uh, I. I will hear you out for your replacement, but it's going to be really hard to convince me not to keep it in. Because usually when I play that card, it's like, okay, I have enough to where if I play this, I'm going to win. It's like I just it's almost kind of like um, Zendikar Resurgent. I keep wanting to say Zendikar Resurgent. Kind of like that to where even though that is still one sided, it's like I'm going to play this and I'm probably going to win the game. Some way, somehow. So, I just don't think. I don't, what I don't are think, you need, I, I think it's, it's kind of like soldering. Like you just don't need a green deck, right? So I'm gonna. So I'm doing all elves. We're doing another one. We're gonna cut yeah. it down, and I'm gonna recommend. And I was shocked. I checked three times. You don't have this in here. Elvish harbinger. 
Two colors and a green. When it enters the battlefield, you may search the library for an elf card, reveal it, shuffle your library, and put it, the card on top of it, and then it taps for a mana as oh. well. We didn't get into it, but there are so many different elves in here that have so much function, right? Mm -hmm. Even as a soft F elf ball deck as it is, we didn't talk about like Eldrami Lord of Leaves. We, I mean, we talked about Azuri. We uh, we talked about, uh, you know, even um, Nissa, that elf, right? Like there's so many good targets okay. for this. Just be able to draw a card on curve, plus it adds into Morwen, plus it adds into your mana ramp with that thing. Um, and sure. it's only coming in at $3.57, so. In my opinion, I like this better than Gauntlet of Power, just so the sense that it effectively draws you a card in a weird way, right? Um, and yeah. also ramps itself and plays into everything else that we're talking about in the deck, right? Like, I think if we just, if we if we bump that elf count to 25, 26, this deck's going to go off a lot faster and have a lot more reach to it. I fully support this card. I uh, put my stamp of approval. I see literally, see, this is kind of what I was talking about when you kind of brought up the visionary. Like a three mana elf should be very Fair impactful. Point, yeah. And I feel like a tutor ability, and even though this is a mono green, being able to add one mana of any color right. to my mana pool, those are two effects that are very like, Effect, wow, yeah. that's great. Like this this would even do well in my Karametra deck. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And like, it's effectively an overcosted worldly tutor that if you care about elves, is a fairly costed yeah. worldly tutor, right? So, Gauntlet sure. of Power, that's a personal preference, but I'm sure there's something in here that you can cut for this guy. Fair, fair. All right, we're on to personal recommendations. So, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about my cut, and then I'm going to give hints about what I'm going to add, because I'm pretty sure we're adding the same card. Right. I'm going to cut Nissa Ravine, or Ravane. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the original Nissa Plane, Planeswalker. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you're right, yep. Uh, so this is two colorless, green, green. It's two, two loyalty mythic from Zendikar. Seven dollars! Search your library for a... What? Yeah. Uh, search your library for a card named Nissa's Chosen and put it onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. I'll tell you right now, the reason I'm cutting it... Uh, Big Tuck, can you tell me, do I have a Nissa's Chosen in the deck? <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. I was going to talk about this the green, and then I went through and looked through... Not in the deck. <laughs> not in the deck. Also, also, uh, also this is chosen. Bad card. <laughs> uh, it does have another plus one ability, though, and, and it could be relevant. But I'll be honest, just in the way that I've the times that I've played this deck, I don't have 20 or 30 elves on the battlefield. I got like yep. six or seven. Uh, plus one, you gain two life for each elf you control. I mean, it's not nothing to plus it and gain maybe 10 or 12. But I just think I need to have something more impactful than just, I'm going to gain yep. 10 life. Uh, and then minus seven could do something, but I just don't see me ultimating Planeswalkers in this deck outside of doubling season, which this doesn't even pass the doubling season. Oh my test. god, not, e not even close! Dramatically short. Not even close! So, minus seven, search your library for any number of elf creature cards and put them onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. It's very similar to where the uh, Nissa who shakes the world, if you do the ultimate, you're probably winning yeah. the game. Same type of thing here, but at least Nissa who shakes the world can ETB with doubling season and actually ultimate, unlike this one who's gonna ETB and I'm still three turns away. So, that's what I'm cutting. 
And I'm just going to word it this way. I'm adding in the bonkers card. Yeah, okay, we're doing the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> All right. which, I'm, which I'm upset that I traded to Squee so early because it's worth $30 more than what I gave it to him for. I am coming out flying aces right now. Yeah, there. so I'm actually, so I'm going to cut Tornado Elemental as we talked about before. Um, Boo. Here's what I don't like about it. It's overcosted. Um, I like the fact that you can dig in the damage with it. The problem I don't like about it is it's a one-time thing, right? Like, if you if you're playing it, you better hope that you're clearing all flyers that are out there, right? And like, and no one's gonna cast flyers again. So, but most board wipes are like that. It's a one-time I, thing. I, I, that's a fair. That's that's fair. However, as someone who's playing Dragon's deck, and we might be talking about it in one in one calendar week. Uh, I like how you, I like how you just dabbed and sneezed. Hey, I'm, trying, I'm preventing I'm preventing the spread of germs sneezing to your elbow in your own home where you live alone. How dare you alone, <laughs> Mr. Bubbles? Does it exist to I you? Apologize. I apologize. You, publicly you better do. Bubbles. You can see him in my bedroom sleeping. So, um. <laughs> Tornado Elemental, like I said, I, it makes sense to some extent, but there's also cards where you can have repeatable damage to flyers. For me, for the cost, I'd rather have like a hurricane or something along those lines. Or I'd rather have a card where you don't even have to worry about flyers should have killed them so fastly. <laughs> Let's go, baby! Yeah, three, two, one. Alistair Shepard! Because we're not morons! I also hate this card. Uh, so this is one green creature elf shaman mythic one one for one hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. Uh, yes, sir. And what did you trade this to? I think for? like seventy. Not enough. I mean, well, you got, big you, tech. Why don't you read that you block got, of text? You got like a parallel eyes and a couple things out. I got what I needed out of it. It wasn't a dud trade, but. You never know oh, if this jumpstart was ninety dollars or hundred dollars. I also, I also offloaded three cards. I spent ninety dollars on jumpstart and offloaded three cards for close to two hundred. So yeah, I'm alright with yeah. that. <laughs> Give me an idea. This is like the most expensive card in Reese outside of like the Savannah. Wow, uh, Alasaur Shepherd can't be countered. A one-one elf. Green spells you control can't be countered. A one-one elf for one. Four colorless and two green until end of turn. Each elf creature you control has base power and toughness five five because the dinosaur in addition to its other creature types. What the Fujiri? Is this is absurd. I hate this card so much. They pushed it so much to jumpstart. Yeah, there's literally nothing on this card that you don't like. Like, okay, first off, Allosaur Shepherd can't be countered. Great. It costs one. Great. Green spells you control can't be countered. Not green right. creatures. Not green non-permanents. Green spells you control can't be countered. Stupid. And then six mana, everything becomes a 5-5 five five and stays an elf in addition to being a dinosaur. So all your other elf overrun right. effects still work. They just went from ones to fives. It's so dumb. But I think, so here's the weird part with this one is like, you're not casting this card unless it's like late game, right? I don't know, man. Uh, sometimes like elf players, because because we kind of we've alluded to it. Um, you know, there are 
but not even elf stuff now. Like champion a land bolt. That's a creature you need to get out right. early, so that way you can build the counters. I mean, I would love to have Allosaurus like turn two, champion land bolt turn three, because people will counter champion a land bolt. Because once it gets going, you can't stop it. The only thing, so if I was going to play this card, which I don't because I hate elves and they're just effectively slivers, which I also <laughs> super hate, um, the reasons. But they're not effectively slivers. We talked about it. They're effectively but goblins. But I like goblins because goblins are cute. And they're just my little baby bubble friends. <laughs> uh, just, I, we're going to cuddle sound so hard tonight. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> oh my uh, God. So, the, so I talked about this with a couple people and I think you're not. If you play this early, it's gonna get path to exiled immediately, <laughs> like or destroyed. I don't seriously. Because are, are you playing against yeah. children and or morons? Uh, do I have to answer that? No, you, no, you do not. In fair, <laughs> slash fair point. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it is because once again, we've kind of talked about this. Like Ozolith, someone's gonna be like, "Well, okay, he's playing Allosaurus Shepherd." It doesn't say that your green creatures can't be the targets right. of anything. So, like, why are they going to waste a path to exile on this when it's like, it's kind of like, why do you counter the tutor when you should Spell counter the thing that they're right. tutoring? And I think that's the way you look at Allosaurus Shepherd, unless you're playing someone that's playing a combo deck and it's like they, like, the cast is all right, they right. need, then sure. But when I'm playing Elf Ball, no one's going to counter and, and, this or path to exile. And to this. your point, the fact that as opposed to like Azuri or a combo, like it doesn't stack. They don't get plus five, plus five. They just turn into five fives. Like you're only yeah. going to activate it once. Yeah. So that's a fair point um, to where you're like, okay, I can manage this, right? Like I'm going to keep checking yeah. this and then eventually I'll path to exile it. Even, even then a one, one that, that, the entirety of your deck minus minus the artifacts can't be countered. It's just brutal, man. Like, I don't know. It's nuts. It's, it's good. so good. I I hate this card. I hate this card more than any other elf that's ever been printed, including Azuri. Because at least this card, at least this card has the dignity to be a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, is it the only reason it's a hundred dollars though is because of the scarcity of jumpstart. This at most is going to be a forty dollars. Even card. then, like which the I'm excited day. about because of, we won't be seeing it in every elf deck coming to near you. And you'll have made your trade money back. You'll be doing great. Facts. And the other fact is that we're at the end of the episode, and as promised, here's some details about the giveaway from Level 1 Game Shop. We're giving away that Zendikar Rising, old schoolers like to call it Fat Pack, new schoolers call it Bundle, I say new school, suck it. Uh, to enter, it's extremely simple. Just help promote the content we produce that you're watching, listening to. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, um, plus being a part of our patron community. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News 10-6. That would be October 6th for you laymans and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're doing these giveaways every single month. Could be a sweet little uh, thing like this. I already know what our October one is. Hint, hint, it's the Zendikar Rising Commander decks. Um, it just really depends on what level one gaming hooks us up with. By the way, I know that they said the Zendikar Rising is going to be like 90-something percent reprints. What if they put Allosaurus Shepard oh in there? God. The same year they reprinted? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's sweaty. Oh, that is extremely sweaty. The day that happens is the day you can ask to FaceTime me and you'll see tears coming down my face. Oh, man. Uh, but you know what, guys? We'd love you guys to leave five-star reviews, positive feedback on whatever consumption platform you're watching us or listening to us on, be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, 
If you'd like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into that contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Common Number Five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck. If people want to try to sell you their Allosaurus Shepherd now for a hundred dollars, where can you can reach, reach me you? at www.notachanceoftheworld.com. Um, you can also find me <laughs> at Big Tuck tweeting on Twitter. I'm starting to get more. Uh, I'm starting to turn into less of a Twitter bot about it. So. Uh, <laughs> trying to be a little more interactive, but you can still find me He's there. He's no longer hacking for Russia. He's actually typing real posts these days. That's true. I thought you were say he's not hacking for Russia. He's typing for Russia. <laughs> oh, even better. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You also go to our website where the deck list will be posted, uh, cmdtower.com. Basically, just type in Cage Sun Metallic Mimic Doubling Season Tower.com. Squee McGee, people want to find out how to get a hold of your Manolith commentary. How would they do that? Oh, well, the Manolith commentary is exclusive to the uh, cast here in our alternate podcast. However, uh, if you want to join the... Well, okay. No, no. It's, it's exclusive to the Discord. <laughs> if you'd like to join the Discord, you can find me there. But uh, otherwise, I'm at uh, Facebook and Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DearSquee. You can email me at DearSquee at cmdtower.com. That's it. Is it all right? Well, he can handle all your audio needs and does have a full studio if you're in the KC metro area. Mass required, sleeves optional. Uh, if you actually, want to support no, no, the show, sleeves are not allowed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he just has a pair of shears by the door. Everyone has to cut their uh, sleeves off. We're talking cutoffs all day. He's going to make it into like a quilt. <laughs> um, if you would like to support the show and let our sponsor know uh, that you really support these monthly giveaways and you support the CMD Tower crew, because you guys are already placing orders. We know it. You're degenerates. You like to waste money like we all do. Head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So know that you came from The Collective. They do have their TCG store, their own storefront, board game accessories, dice. They got the things. They got the that. Go hook them up mm, with the orders. Mm, mm, mm. Thanks. But if you would like to help us directly financially, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from as simple as getting that Discord access to get some of that Manolith commentary to even getting a guest spot on the podcast with your own sweet, 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 too sweet. Um, as well as each tier does give you those additional entries into the monthly giveaways. And I will say we haven't gotten a ton. Like people seem like maybe they're not doing as much Twitter nowadays as they were when we first were starting. So a lot of our patrons are kind of cleaning the house on these monthly wow. giveaways. So get out there and give them a run for their money. Do some yeah, retweets, people. There. Like some stuff. I know. We, we can't have Chuck the Slice win a hundredth month in a row. <laughs> you might start seeing some entries from Squeege McGeege. Uh, <laughs> odd. Odd parallel to this podcast it's interested no it's uh so is that squee the one that doesn't have the mustache uh, that's correct yeah as soon as i win i'll shave oh, okay. it off and Mer collect the winnings uh you're gonna see things from um <laughs> miri Dagiri instead of squee mcgee <laughs> boom tempest characters and one of the benefits that we didn't even talk about is when you join our patron first time, not you repeat offenders, you SOBs, you don't get multiple shout outs. Uh, you do get a shout out on the cast and we got a new one. Tyler Coates. What kind of coach you got? Mr. Coates. Yeah. Love it. He's from Oklahoma, so it's not like he's somewhere cold where he maybe has a collection of coats, but maybe he has a sparing 
I don't even know where I was going there. Squee takeover, I'm failing. Yeah, Mr. Coates, uh, I, I heard that you joined Squeeze Choir, so uh, I'm going to ask you for an audition tape. Uh, you can send it on cassette, 8-track, MP3, whatever works best for you. No, no, uh, no, only, if you need. only cassette or 8-track. That's it. Okay. Those are the yeah, only sure. uh, suitable forms of recording. F it. Squeeze Choir is going analog. We're doing this thing. All right, give me a cassette. Uh, tell me about your dopest coat. I need a picture of it. It better be something out of the ordinary. I'm thinking purple and gold and... Uh, orange with diamonds on it, something like that. Suits, dope, coat, what? Um, now, if you guys can't help us out from a monthly perspective, but you would actually like to get some of that sweet swag that's part of our patron community, you can head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we got special bundles on there, and until we get the shipping thing figured out, all U.S. shipping's three bucks, regardless of what you buy. So please, <laughs> you know, take advantage of it before we fire figure sale. out how to fix that problem. <laughs> yeah, fire sale. And I do want to announce the first... 10 orders over 15 bucks are going to get something special Ooh. in their package. Ooh. I want to find out. No. What if I give you 15 bucks? You have to order through the site. Well, then, Squeech McGee's coming in. Yeah, you got to order through the site. Now, if you guys can't help us out financially, of course, just share the content you're listening and watching. And, of course, Pink Royal, props, love you. Keep on this bit. <laughs> it's a big tuck. We're here. We're done. Marwin's Conclave and their pets. How do you think Marwin's Conclave handles interacting with their pets? Uh, pretty well. Minus one with the big grin. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is interesting. I think I I would be interested to find a I'd be I think we'd be hard pressed to find a mono green deck that isn't just like meat and potatoes that someone runs literally every time yeah. when they want to play where it's like I'm going to a new game store. I'm running my mono green deck because it's different. Um, I think that you're doing, I think to your point, I think you are doing something that's a little different than just your normal, normal vanilla elf ball run for it. Sure. Um, but it, it is weird how we both are like, our green decks are just like kind of meat potatoes and we only play them every once yeah. in a while, you know? But this was very fun. Yeah, I think about the only, yeah, I think about the only time you could really do creative mono green is like i guess like omnath locus of mana yeah like that could be one to where it's like i'm doing like x tribal but you, i guess you could do like an omnath locus of mana uh non-permanent deck like that right. could be something kind of weird like where he's almost spell slinger um but yeah i mean i'm looking at a lot of them and i mean Sure, I guess you could do Grun the Lonely King Voltron. No one does uh, that. So the, I will but. I will say the two things. Alex, Australian Alex, who I think is dead. Uh, he plays the, that. <laughs> He's and then, not. He liked a post of mine recently. What? He's alive. That bastard. Uh, and then the only other one I'll say is that a uh, friend of the show, Tice, does a land stacks deck with the Zusa. That's kind of interesting and horrible to play against. Yes, facts. Uh, now, granted, you know, I, one thing I have heard about, you could do a Joel Rael Empress of Beasts hate bear oh. deck because you pay two colorless green, discard two cards from your hand until end of turn all lands target player controls or three, three creatures. So you turn someone's lands into creatures and then you board wipe them. <laughs> yeah, suck all that's that. pretty spiteful. I guess you could run uh, that I with that it, weatherlight but... report I did where you turn everybody else's stuff into forests. Combine all Ooh, that together. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, so that's just, you know, I, I think it's 
I think you are right. I did try to make this as creative as possible, but just if you want to win, you have to do something. Right. And I'm, and I know that there's people out there that are like, well, Mr. Combo, Big Tuck, I just play it for fun. I don't, I don't like to win. You know, I just do it for the memes or the lols. Well, good for you. But I like to actually feel good about myself when I go to bed. Well, good for all. Good for you. Well, that's going to wrap it up. See ya. Suck it. Bye. Kick rocks.